This episode of The Broken Cork is brought to you by Beverage Bar, serving the Tri-State with four convenient locations. Come in and let our knowledgeable staff help you find that perfect bottle to make you the talk of the party or to create a special moment with family and friends. Cheers. Broken Cork is back for round two to talk turkey. I'm Dan. I'm Aaron. I'm Jake. And uh, next to me again, back for round two, Matt, why don't you uh, tell everyone about yourself for those that didn't get you the first time around? Absolutely. So uh, fantastic to be back. So my name is Matthew Pulsewaite. I'm the U.S. Quality Director for Campari and Head of Quality at the Wild Turkey Distillery. Awesome. So tonight our uh, toast is pretty simple. I think it's a good one, though. Uh, My friends are the best friends, loyal, willing, and able. Now let's get to drinking all glasses off the table. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers. So, Campbell. uh, Yes, sir. I see you've got a cocktail in your hand. I do. So let's go into Campbell's Corner for a minute and tell us about that cocktail. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, it is a a grand old-fashioned. It is the old-fashioned to end all old-fashions. You cannot get better <laughs> unless you have a sweet tooth. I mean, this is sweet, but if you're really hankering, get some chocolate. If you want a dessert drink, make go a somewhere drink, else. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks and then a little, you know, chocolate liqueur. Just, some rum chata. Yeah. But this is just, you know, you get your rocks glass out, you fill it up with ice, you get you a mixing glass out. It's two ounces of Wild Turkey 101, an ounce of Grand Marnier, some Angostura bitters, an orange peel, and a good maraschino cherry. And it's good. <laughs> it's good. Mix it up real good, strain it over your glass, and then just gorgeous. It's the best of both worlds. Italy meets North America. You can't, or sorry, France meets North America. You can't beat it. Exactly. Yeah, kind yeah. of Italy too. Kind of Italy, I guess. <laughs> sort of. I mean, Campari. <laughs> It is yeah. a unique take on a on an old fashioned though. I mean, the the sweetness comes from the Grand Marnier, and and we'll, we'll get into some Grand Marnier here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of nice to not have that simple syrup, and you, the orange really comes through with yeah, the does. Grand Marnier, and and plays on the orange peel, and you get the spiciness of the wild turkey to kind of yep. balance it out. Bold, all right, and brave. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. So I've got quite the, uh, today we're going to be talking about sensory, sensory science, and I've got quite the extravaganza here. Um, I wish you all could just see our table right now. Um, There are bottles upon bottles and Glen Karen's filled with tastings, and I haven't been so excited about an episode since ever, I don't think, so I'm ready for it. This is kind of how our uh, tasting rooms look every day, so uh, pretty awesome. Um yeah, let's go ahead and get straight into it. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna start with the five senses, um, and we're gonna taste that just to give everybody kind of a, a background of what we're doing here. So we're gonna do the five uh, senses. We're gonna talk about the science behind that, how those work. I've got a expression of each of those uh, senses that that represents it, and, uh, and the majority of them are, are Campari products. And then we're going to move into a, a vertical tasting of wild turkey. So I've got some white dog. I've got some wild turkey aged for four years, some aged for eight years, 
And then we're going to finish up with the brand new Russell's Reserve 13 year, which uh, I know everybody's really excited about. Yes. Yes, sir. I was hunting the other day for it. It just hit Indiana. And we're going to have to go out and hunt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's getting some really good reviews so far, and it, it, it it's well-deserved. I mean, I, I think it is fantastic, but you guys are going to tell me today how it is. So I'm excited. So we've got the uh, sensory extravaganza here. I'm going to uh, either destroy your palate or educate it today, hopefully both, um, by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. So, so. The five senses. Um, we're going to start with taste because there's a lot more to sensory. We'll get into this in a minute, but there's a lot more to sensory than just taste. I mean, everybody thinks it's taste because that's kind of the, the the foremost thing that you think of, right? But uh, there's a lot. There's there's the physical aspect. There's the psychological aspect of sensory. Um, but let's start with taste. Well, let's start with the basics. So, as the as the tongue works, it's actually broken down into five different tastes. Um, there is, so there's sweet, there's salty, there's sour, there's bitter, and then there's umami, um, which is kind of interesting because, uh, so interesting thing about umami, that was not discovered until uh, 2002 by scientists. So we, uh, we were going off the just four senses uh, forever. Huh. Um, so let's start with, uh, we're going to start with salty. And th- this progression, I think, will make sense. I don't know. This has never been done. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Kind of uncharted territory. We're going to find out. <laughs> so what I've got here is some Espelon tequila Blanco. So this is um, this is a tequila that Campari makes. Um, it is made in Arandas, Mexico. Um, fantastic. It's 100% pure agave. It comes from the, the Jalisco region of Mexico, um, you know, great price on it for what it is. hundred percent agave. You can find it for $25 a bottle. Um, since I, st- I, I've never actually heard of it before I started working for Campari. Now I make hundred percent of my margaritas at home, uh, with this. So I think it's a good start to sensory because what's going to happen with, and the reason I chose it for salt is not really that there's salt in it, but I think everyone thinks of tequila it was salt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think it just it's the psychological aspect, right? You always think about a margarita. So let's just uh, kind of nose it. You get the uh, the agave that's going on there, the sweet agave. You tell me, what are you guys getting? I was going to say agave, but you stole my <laughs> thunder. I was going to say vinegar. Agave is wonderful. Vinegar, see, interesting. See, I I don't know if I'm technically right or not, but I get a little bit of like smoke mm-hmm. on yeah, it. Yeah, smoky. Spice. How about this? How about some grilled pineapple? Ooh. Okay. When you taste it, try to roll it around on your tongue a little bit before you swallow it. Don't just like straight swallow it. Let your tongue get acclimated. And since this is the first thing we're really tasting tonight, let's taste it again. Because your your tongue's now acclimated. You'll probably get some different notes. Should be much, much less harsh, really, on your tongue. So I get pepper. I get a lot of pepper, mm-hmm. like peppercorn. Black pepper, yeah. yeah. Black pepper, pink peppercorn, things like that. Uh, that. That sweet agave, it hits the sweet notes. But I think it hits the it hits the side of your tongue, 
which is kind of that saltiness yeah. that's coming out. We're all sitting here with our tongues hanging out like a yeah, bunch of like, dogs. <laughs> like diagramming them with our fingers. And, <laughs> and not yeah. to mention, like, Espelon clearly has the uh, the coolest label in all of uh, tequila. So it, it is a skeleton a riding a, uh, a rooster. I mean, you can't beat that. Such a cool label. Got, We've even it. named that rooster. It's Ramon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is oh, Ramon. Oh, my goodness. I know some things does it, now. Does it love Blanton's? Does oh, Ramon the rooster? Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering uh, how long it would I take. I had to. I had to. Fantastic. Got to love it. So, um, with the Espelon, too, like, the, the label varies for each of the, the varieties, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, d- definitely a play on the, the Day of the Dead um, um, theme we've got there. And Espelon, if you don't know, stands for uh, spur, translates to spur. So it's literally the spur of the rooster. So it is the cockspur. Uh, yes. <laughs> I found a new tequila I need to start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, really smooth. It was not something that... Because a lot of times with tequila, mm-hmm. you you think you you need a, a lime or something to take after, and that right. one you literally could just sip. Uh, it I could straight. I could sip that, mm-hmm. and I'm not a tequila drinker at all. Me I've, either. I've never really dabbled in tequila, and I could just drink that straight. So, Wasn't there a song about that straight tequila? Anyway, <laughs> another no, that's another topic. <laughs> now I feel like our palates are opened, right? Yes, we are open to perception. That was green onions you did. <laughs> that wasn't tequila. <laughs> tequila. I'm just going to go away now. So next, next up, we're going to hit oh. sour. Yes, sir. So pass these around here. I'm pouring a beer, actually. This is not a Campari product, unfortunately. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, sour beers. This is the Duchesse de Bourgogne. Which is fun to say. Duchesse de Bourgogne. De Bourgogne. I'm going to go say that to my wife tonight and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to look at you, think you cussed her out, and then get upset. And then just smack you across the face <laughs> and tell you to go to bed. You're drunk. <laughs> so for those that, that don't know that much about sours, um, this is made in the traditional Belgian sour method, which means that you're basically souring in a, uh, a very large wooden fermenter called a fooder which is fun to say, fooder. Um, and what that does is a lot of the, it, you can't clean wood very well. So a lot of the bacteria and a lot of the, the lactic acid and, and things that are used uh, to that, that profile the flavor of this hang out in that wood. And it's, they really, they don't clean them for the most part and they just keep reusing it. So over time, and you know, you get the, this crazy developed flavor um, so as far as, as far as sour notes go, so sour on your tongue resides as well on the sides, just like salty, but it resides more in the back, right? I think we all know that. I don't know if you ate warheads when you were a kid, like yeah, I, I did. So yes. many war- I actually got an ulcer because of warheads. <laughs> <laughs> Too many of the, the that, now discontinued black warheads. Oh yeah. Uh, burned yes. my cheek a few times, just chemical burn from the sour. <laughs> oh Yeah. I always like the green apple one. Yeah, so that's my big favorite. Fan. Yeah. So when you taste this, do the same thing. Just kind of roll around on your tongue and then swallow and let me know what you think. Oh, that's, that's delicious. delicious. Oh, man. It's got a, 
like a cherry wine. And see, I was thinking green apple. Good. A little green apple on it. Definitely. There's a brewery in Bloomington, Upland mm-hmm. Brewery. They just opened. I say just. It's it's been about four or five years ago. They they have a wood what they call the wood shop. And they do a lot of their sour beers in the wood shop, and they've got six or seven of these huge uh, fooders. And at any given time, they'll have, of course, they'll be full of whatever. And, and it was really cool on the tour. They'll pull right from the fooder, so it, it's a really cool experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think for for me, like sour cherry, yeah, is coming through big time. You know, you get that tart sour cherry, and it hits you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you definitely know this is a sour beer. And I, I honestly, I get you get a little bit of the soft oak, like you, you taste it in there, but it's not it's not overpowering. Mm. And then you, I get a, I get a cola. It tastes like and and a good Flemish sour really does taste like a cola. I think like a cherry cola. It's like a fermented cherry cola. Do you need another taste, Dan? Is that what that face was? That's, or it, it's really good. <laughs> That's what I was it's, thinking it's, too. It's boggling my mind a little bit. It's like it's creamy. It's it is that that. That cold, that sour cola, mm-hmm. but I do see where you get just a little bit of apple there too, Definitely. like a little mm-hmm. Granny Smith apple. That tartness from, I think, Dan's going back for seconds. I'm going back. <laughs> for I brought a four pack, so we'll get into that. I might have to go down to the bottle shop that just opened up on the north side of town and see if they have some of these. <laughs> yeah, that's that was better than that other one, that watermelon one. Yeah, that was too much. Yeah. That was yeah. a warhead of beers. <laughs> and a, a lot of breweries in the United States are, you know, they're they're doing like kettle sours and things like that. And they're, they're basically forcing the souring process with, with lactic acid and things like that. So it's a little bit too much. It's just like straight citric acid type of, of uh, when it hits your tongue. And these, these ones from Belgium, like Rodenbach is another fantastic one. That was actually the first sour I ever had that got me into it. Um, they're, they're much more developed because they, they develop souring naturally in those fooders and it takes more time, but they're definitely better. I think. All right, guys. So let us, let us move on to sweet. So we've had the salty, we've had the sour. Let's go to the sweet. So the sweet is right on the tip of the tongue, actually. And it can be quite overpowering. Um, but what we're going to do, we're going to taste Grand Marnay as a sweet, and we'll get into the the history of it and how it's made as well, which is uh, very interesting. So I always thought, and look at that little bottle. Isn't that fantastic? Little, little just, it's just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, a, it mimics a, a cognac still. So... Yeah, that's the history of it. It's a, Grand Marnay is quite old. Uh, it's actually it was distilled way back in the early 1800s. Um, and the recipe for the, the Cordon Rouge, what we have here, actually, and, and who knew that? I didn't know this before I started at Campari. There's uh, one, two, three, four. There's like four or five different varieties of Grand Marnay. Um, we only actually see the Cordon Rouge uh, with the with the red stripe and the, the wax. Uh, the other ones are more aged uh, cognac varieties, mm. and they ratchet back the sweetness uh, of the of the orange that's going on in there. You want to do me the honors yeah. here, Dan? Now that you mention out? it, I have actually seen a Grand Marnier bottle that had like a uh, like a purplish ribbon. Yes. Is that, is, is that any of those 
weird. Yeah, I think that or? is the uh, that's the Louis Alexander. I do believe. Um, so the the history the history is very rich with Grand Marnay. So before I started working for Campari, I was. I, I knew about Grand Marnay as like enhancing cocktails, and I always thought it was just some bougie kind of uh, cordial that sets on the shelf, and it it still is bougie. Um, <laughs> but now I respect it. I respect it a lot more, and, and we'll kind of get into that here in a second. But uh, so how this is made is absolutely insane to me. So so strap in for this little little knowledge here. Put your seatbelts on. So this Cordon Rouge is a marriage of of cognac and a and a distilled uh, orange liqueur essentially. So they um, it sets it literally is distilled in a castle in in France, um, and they they it's in the cognac region. So for those of you that uh, don't know about cognac, it's a specific region of you know it's a Cognac is essentially just distilled wine. So it's grapes, you distill it, and you, you get the distillate out of it. But cognac is specific because it's from the cognac region of France. So that's where this sets. They specifically take the uh, the Uni Blanc grape, and they distill that. It is it is distilled in the castle Chateau de Bourcheron, which if I offend anyone with my French, I apologize. I don't have a French bone in my body. <laughs> he, he's but corn, I think that was pretty good. He's a corn-fed boy from southern Indiana. Definitely. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish and uh, and German, so uh, absolutely no French there. But <laughs> but it is, it is distilled uh, in copper pot stills. It's double distilled uh, for 24 hours, actually, in those copper pot stills. And then uh, they, they take what the, what the French call the eau de vie, which is the, uh, the distillate and barrel it. So eau de vie means essence of life, um, which is pretty funny when you compare it to bourbon because we're like white dog. <laughs> 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 it's clear and it'll bite you. Um, but they take the eau de vie, they barrel it, and then they let it set for years, right? And then, and then they're, they're dumping that, and then they're going to marry it with, with this. And this is where it gets crazy. So they, they take the, a specific orange. It's a sour orange that only grows in tropical regions. Uh, I think it's citrus bagardadia or something like that. That's probably wrong as well. I'm not good at Latin. But um, they, they harvest it when, when the oranges are still green because uh, they're the most aromatic. And they peel them, they sun-dry them, and they take those sun-dried peels, wrap them up in burlap, burlap sacks, send them back to France, and then France takes those and they macerate them for like 24 hours. And then they slow distill that uh, that maceration liquid essentially and then what what's left of the distillate that they they marry it with the cognac that they've just dumped from the barrels and then they they age it in fooders for 24 to 48 hours and then they bottle what we have here in our glass holy cow that's insane what that's, a process that's a process right there yeah how much does this cost for how much of that work <laughs> <laughs> i mean i this this little pint you could get up uh, up at Walmart for twenty bucks. Yeah. See, so all that work for twenty dollars. <laughs> so I mean, right right away you get, get you get orange super orange, super Stray orange right off. It's just tang. It's almost like a dreamsicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can I, get it, that. People say like uh, melted orange popsicle, but definitely that bitter orange. And then when you taste it, I think you get boom, you're just hit with that cognac. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the sound guy's going crazy over there. 
He found the cognac. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this might be a good time, too. Like, there's a, a bottle of water here with some little droplets. Like, let's drop some water in here and see what happens. I, I bet the orange oils are going to come out even more. Um, let's try that and see what you guys think. I did three drops, just in case anybody was curious. Hit me up there, Aaron. Yes, sir. It just stays with you, too. Yeah. It just coats. The, it's that orange oil. Man. Yeah. It, it, it's so it's, good. It's all about mouthfeel. That's a good call mm. out. It just coats your tongue. Oh. Great call, Dan. Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. So that water's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually, it does the opposite of what I thought it would do. It takes the orange out of the it, smell. Yeah. It gives you more of it gives the, you more of the cognac. cognac. The cognac comes through. The barrel aging comes oh, yeah. through. Definitely. And you're right. That That's opposite what you would expect to happen when you add the water. You would yeah. expect the barrel age to go away and the orange citrus to come through. Very interesting. I wonder if it's so orange oil based. That it's the old uh, oil and water Don't separation yes, that's yes, happening. Yes, yes. So, yeah, you you get a lot more of the cognac on the palate too. We're doing science right here My at the goodness. table, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> I love every bit of it. Mixology, baby. Shout out to Bill Nye, the science Fantastic. guy. Bill, Bill. Oh, sorry. I used to watch Bill that. growing up. Actually, it's like. It's so good. I don't even want to like cleanse my palate with water. I'm pretty right. sure I got to watch Bill when my science teacher was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, shut up. I'm going to be in this corner. Watch this about gravity. <laughs> I love it. Good old, uh, good old Bill Nye. Bill Nye and MacGyver is the reason I got a chemistry degree. Mm. So, you know. I love MacGyver. Richard Dean Anderson did oh such a good job. Yeah, fantastic. Meanwhile, I just want to be a car that talks. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, completely kid. switching topics. Yep. Grand Marnier and tequila. Is that a drink? Uh, they do put... So, Grand Marnier, Campari markets it basically to enhance cocktails. Okay. And yes... It can be put into a margarita. That's um, what it is. Okay. I, it. I, I, I don't personally like that, honestly. I, I think it <coughs> makes it a, a little bit too sweet, and the con- the cognac interferes with the tequila. I think if you if you got some crappy tequila, I think you could definitely drop some Grand Marnay in it, and it would make it better. Right. Uh, but if you have a good tequila, I think it, the cognac overpowers <laughs> it personally. But I just keep thinking about the song. Tequila. <sighs> It's going to be in your head all night long. Probably we started with tequila. All right, so we're going to switch gears entirely. Uh, we're going to go complete opposite end of the tongue with bitter. Um, so Aaron's excited. He's a hop head over here. He's got the hop shirt on. Yes, 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 yes. So we're going to go with Aperol. Um, for those that don't know, it's a uh, it's an Italian aperitif. Um, it's, it's more widely becoming available here in the United States now. Uh, the the cocktail made with Aperol, the Aperol Spritz, is the mo- the number one cocktail in Italy right now. So, Matt, I have to bring it up while Danny's pouring these. Have you had Malort? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's still at my house, isn't it? I should have just brought that. That would have covered all five senses. Yeah, all and then you wouldn't be able to taste anything for the rest of the evening. 
<laughs> We'd just be done. Yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, here's your sensory test. Drink this. All right, we're done. That's it. That's all of it. You know, it is a unique flavor. I can't say it's good. Um, <laughs> no. But it is a sensory experience. If you've not experienced Malort, get your ass to Chicago and, and drink some Malort. Heck, they, I've seen it in Louisville. Yeah. It's yeah. in yeah. southern Indiana now, too. Is it really? That's mm-hmm. hilarious. That's yeah. where I got the bottle that you have. Get some of that... Uh, some that, of that Jepson's, what is it, Jepson's bourbon? Yeah, they have Jepson's bourbon now. Holy hell, I'd be scared of that. That's it's a mixture thinking. of, I think, what do they say, four and six year? MGP, MGP and, um, and Green River uh, Distilling Green out River. of Owensboro. No. <laughs> Man, that no. was so fast. That was quick. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. So, sorry, back to Aperol. Yeah, so, I, you know, Aperol is a, uh, like I said, Italian aperitif. Uh, there's actually only a few people in the world who know the recipe for this. Uh, it is wine-based. Uh, there's a mixture, a proprietary mixture of roots and herbs that goes into this. And uh, I suspect orange because, I mean, you get a lot of orange all, you, off the off the top. You know, for something that you say is going to be really bitter, it smells so sweet. It smells sweet, and it will hit the sweet part of your tongue, but then wait for it on the, on the back end. <laughs> It'll be oh, much no. more delightful than Malort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It really is. That's a good description. It's a super delightful Malort. It is. The bitter is there, definitely. Yeah. And it yeah. sticks with you. Yes. Yeah. That's a shame. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. Oh, God. Is- I, per- I personally love it. Like, I, I've fallen in love with Aperol, and, and the Aperol Spritz cocktail is fantastic. So, so you take Aperol, you mix it with ice, and you pour Prosecco and or, you know, any any sparkling wine, really. Um, and then I like to top mine off with like a uh, an Italian soda or something like that, some kind of orange. So San Pellegrino or something like that. Fantastic summer cocktail. Drop a car, car orange in there. Boom. You All know, right. oddly enough, he's over here losing his mind over it. He hates it. You don't like the bitter. I love this. This is awesome. Right. Absolutely. This is it's addictive. I need to try one of those spritzy things. The, uh, <laughs> Dan, the bitterness. Just, I'm going to make spritzers tonight, boys. We're going to get that call next week. Hey, guys, come over for the Aperol Spritz. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing brunch. <laughs> uh, Heather might like it, though. Heck, yeah. Hey, My I- wife absolutely loves this cocktail. That's her favorite drink that I make for her right now. It, it's <laughs> interesting. I mean, you got to think, like... We're we're tasting it straight, which is a lot more bitter. Once you mix it with the 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 sweetness, like a, a orange slice, and the prosecco, the bubbliness of the prosecco, it takes a lot of that bitterness and it just puts it right at the very end. Like there's almost a grapefruit in it or something. It's not so overpowering. Yeah, this is not nearly is as good. bad as Malort, though. I mean, no, that's a whole nother level of. Ugh. I wonder if Malort had this, and they're like, "How can we make this more yeah. intense and shittier?" You know what? Let's take the <laughs> sweet. Let's take like, the sweetness out of this and make it bitter times twenty. <laughs> Malort is the kind of stuff that I would I would drink if I wanted to go fight my dad. <laughs> Fantastic. He said it. I give it to people just to just to see the shock. I gave it to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago. I'm like, here, try this. That's the only this is reason terrible. Why? why? I'm like, that's the only reason why people drink Malort. Oh yeah, it's a they, they want to go fight their dad. No, they, <laughs> want, <laughs> they drink it with other people that to make too. their to look at their faces. That's that's it. All I right, mean, man, you're gonna love this stuff here. Oh, it smells so sweet. It smells sweet. I think what you get is some wood as well. Like it has the the woody finish of of a bourbon. 
like the tannic finish because it's a it's kind of you feel it kind of dry your tongue out mm-hmm. kind of very similar to wood right and if you notice the bitter resides on the very back of your tongue the very back mm-hmm. so that bitterness will stay it'll just linger right there in the, in the back of your tongue and here's a, here's an interesting thing about bitter um when we qualify people to actually taste we, we go through all kinds of qualifications and we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that here later but there's a, a thing called bitter blindness Actually, where people literally cannot taste bitter, and those I don't are the think believe I it or love not, Malort. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I know a couple is. of people who do that. That's why they like it so much. They can't taste the that's, bitter. Yeah, I mean, pe- people literally are bitter blind. I, I don't know why that is. I didn't really look into it, but people cannot taste bitter. It sounds like a terrible thing to have. It, so, it in does. that case, they become office workers. Yeah, they don't work in quality. <laughs> <laughs> We kick them out, or we give them a lort. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think you're blitter blind? We'll huh? Fix that. You, you give them a lort in the fruit basket that you give them when you send them to the front office. <laughs> Thank I you hear they have comment. an administrative position. You go go to the mail room. <clears throat> you thought the job was bitter? Here, try this. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the umami. So umami, I was struggling to find out something for umami when I was putting this material together. I'm like, what in the hell? Because Umami, it's like not, it doesn't really translate into a drink because, so first of all, on the tongue, umami takes place all over the tongue is what scientists say. So like the rest of it, essentially. So sweet's right up front, salty's up front side, sour's side back, and then bitter is on the back, and umami's the rest of it. The whole top so, layer of your tongue. umami, what are we, So umami, so when we test for umami, it's like an earthy note mushrooms think of that mushrooms are my miso soup is umami okay Okay. so deliciousness is what it is so that like earthy like almost undescribable type of flavor um so interesting enough like literal literal dirt um has umami in it or it you know the the i should say msg so the the MSG that draws us to, you know, Chinese food and things like that. And everything that's just delicious that we want more of that's kind of addictive. Um, that is, a, it's monosodium glutamate, which is actually found in soil. And it's actually found in mushrooms and things like that. So what did I choose? I brought a scotch because of the peat oh, that's okay. used to smoke. So they're literally using earth. Uh, to smoke this and and kind of interesting what I, so what I brought was a, a Glenmorangie. It is a 15 year and it's their estate brand, which is aged in uh, bourbon barrels as well. And they it's grown with uh, grains right off their estate there in the Highlands of Scotland. And my God, guys, if if you haven't been to the Highlands of Scotland, get off your ass and go. Like it's you don't want to die and have not gone to Scotland. That's Field a trip. thing. That's Broken a thing. court field trip. I hear that about Sweden and their fjords. And this this one's not really this one's not really super super peaty. Um, it's just a, a slight peat. Like you can have some scotches that are just super intense, like from Islay, like Islay scotches. Uh, this one has has a lot of bourbon notes on it um, because of those bourbon barrels. I think it's a more approachable scotch. Yeah, I was going to say I could pick up that bourbon mm. barrel immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Who want knows? something with a lot of peat? Didn't we give you a new riff that had a lot of peat? Oh, I love it. So good. <laughs> I have I'm a 16-year a... log of Ulan in the cabinet down oh, there. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are those are super super peaty. Like you want to put hair on your chest, just drink that. Yeah. I think this Glen Morangi ran me. I think it was it fairly reasonable for as scotch goes. I if I I don't remember for sure, but I'm thinking oh, like wow. around a hundred dollars is what this one was for a fifteen year <laughs> scotch. If you compare this to like a Mac Allen, it's cheaper than a Mac Allen. I think it's just as damn good, if not better. So I'm going to sound really stupid probably when I say this. Go on. This when is I, the place. When I when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I just the very first on my tongue, I got mm-hmm. like. German Pilsner. Interesting. Like a really crisp German Pilsner. Like citrusy? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's I'll just because it was my first drink after that Aperol. I don't know. But yeah, it's probably the Aperol messing with you. It'll do that. Man, did you not cleanse your palate? What? That's crazy. Let's, let's do a little water drop in this. See what? I bet it opens that peat up. That is so good. <laughs> It is good, isn't it? I'm I'm actually personally not a big fan of scotch. Like I don't like the peat necessarily, but this one I think is very approachable. It's because of the bourbon, because I love bourbon, and it's definitely high bourbon in there. But do you guys get that umami? Oh yeah, that oh, where, yeah. where it like coats the oh, rest yeah, of your the tongue. top of your tongue. Mm-hmm. And just it is everywhere. Yep, thick peat, peat. Some guy named Pete in here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Sound guy's name's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I thought his name was Jordan. If, if your name's Pete, first person to put up a post on the Broken Core crew will send you a sample of something. <laughs> there you go. Your your actual name must be Pete. Yeah, give it a swirl with the water and uh, see what you think. Pete wins from Fallout Boy comments. Whoa, that's crazy. Once again, I'm surprised. I don't think it brings the peat smell out. I think it brings more of the bourbon and the, yeah, the actual malt the notes. Maybe that's maybe it's the maltiness that I'm getting because mm-hmm. I'm like it's straight German Pilsner. Mm, I think it brings out the peat more than the taste, though. With the yeah, water, yeah, definitely. Yep, there it is. That's the soil and the dirt. Not like you're licking dirt. No, kind of. <laughs> in like way. in the middle of a dust storm, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you just got tackled in junior league football, and you just open your mouth, just <laughs> slid into second with your tongue just out, ate the dirt. That is really good, really, really good. Interesting. Yep. So that's what I chose for umami. I think it's when when we actually test people for umami, whether they can sense it or not, we, we use uh, miso soup. So. Makes sense. Um, I mean, our sound guy might actually be up for that taste. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, when we test, too, so we're testing. I want to test not only your ability to test these five different things. I, I want to see your limit of detection. So we will we will make you, we'll prepare you three different solutions of umami, of sweet, at different levels. And we'll make sure that you can rank them. So we'll say, okay, you rank the high, mid, and the low. Um, and I, I want your ability to taste and intensity essentially on each of these five as well. Can I get a cheat sheet and then come get a no interview? <laughs> <laughs> nope. But if actually, you want to walk the, in blind, we'll laugh at you while you do it. And that that's that's actually the the second thing we do. The first thing we do we we send your your nose through a. I think it's we have twenty five um, different 
items, and it, it's not just related to alcohol. It's like anything. Could be wood, could be vanilla, could be band aid, could be cheese. We we want you to get like, can you detect all these different things? One of them might be like nothing too. We'll throw that in there just to make sure you're not full of shit. So <laughs> we uh, had the opportunity to go to uh, uh, Berlin State or Berlin Barrel Barrel uh, um, Barrel Thief Staven Thief. There we go, and become a. Bourbon steward. Nice. So they sent us home with a sensory kit. Uh-huh. And every three or four weeks, I'll just, I'll go in and have my daughter. She'll pull out four or five of the little vials and she'll write them down. She, I want to give you a test, dad. All right. So, <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's everything from there's grass, there's mm-hmm. leather, there's smoke, mm-hmm. there's tobacco, there's like all yeah. of those. And so, yeah, it's really fun. Every now and again, I'll miss one on purpose just to make her. There you but, go. Make her think she gets you. Yeah. Oh, Dad, I got you. That one's chocolate. <laughs> Dad, even I know chocolate. That's what she always says. But got to keep her on her toes. Those sensory kits are good. If you find them, I mean, you can find them anywhere on, on they have them on Amazon, anywhere from 200 to 300 sometimes a little cheaper. Um, but it's a good way to keep that nose mm-hmm. acclimated to mm-hmm. your different And that, that it's really a good point. Like you want to keep you you want to keep active. Like the reason we're so good at this is because we do it every single day, right? right? Um, you're just like anything with practice; you will become better. Um, you know, but l- let's talk more about sensory in general. So we, so now we've done the taste. The taste. The, those are your five senses. That's the basics. So, like I said, at first we're doing like twenty five random different smells. Then we move to the taste, kind of something similar to what we just did, and then the limits of detection. But then there's also Sensory is not just taste; it's every, it's visual, right? So we we're, we're looking at different color variations and things like that. We actually give our people the uh, the Ishihara uh, color blindness test, um, which yeah, I'm sure you've all seen it. It's like the the pixelated version of uh, red, and there's maybe a, a green number within there, and you have to call it out. So we we actually uh, give that test, and then think about uh, the physical properties of it too so like mouthfeel is a big one like how it how it coats your tongue um the dryness the opposite of that how it it might rip off your taste buds like a good ipa or something like that um you know we're we're testing for those aspects as well and then think about perception so actually right now this is big for me because we're, we're actually building a brand new uh sensory room in our lab so I'm involved in the, how do we design this room? And that sounds simple, right? You just, you just build, build, you build a room. <laughs> Four walls, a floor, and a ceiling. But it's it's really not. Like, I seriously have to think about lighting because of the visual. I have to think about smells. So, we, you know, HEPA filtration, how air moves through the room. You know, all this goes into the design of the room. I also have to think about the psychology of it. As in, like, should I put all the bourbons together? Should I put the clear spirits together? Should I put all the sweets in the same room? Things like that. Those are what we're thinking about. Um, because sensory is part of your perception, right? Your your tongue sensitizes the taste that, that we just had, and then your brain processes that and says, hey, it's this. Um, you know, psychology plays into that big time. And we worry about that when we're testing different things. Like, say, say somebody detects an off note, right, and flags it. So now it goes into what's called a blind triangle. So we're going to set that up blindly for everybody else, and we're going to get X number of tasters to come down. 
and say, can you pick out this? We're not going to tell them what's wrong with it. Pick out the one that's different out of the three. And psychology plays a big, big deal into that. If I told you, hey, we're looking for some mustiness, <laughs> well, what are you looking for? I mean, you're yeah. going to be looking for mustiness. You know, I could tell you guys, hey, this tastes like apples. And you'll be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because now that's in your head, right? So psychology is, is a big part. And we, we actually, when we do sensory, we try to get enough numbers and we use statistics to rule that out, to rule out any biases that are in it. So there's, there's T-test statistics involved. There's, there's, I mean, we get, we get pretty heavy into the statistic aspect to rule out those biases. Uh, think about bottle design. Too. Like when you go to the liquor store, that's your, I mean, you eat first with your eyes, right? So when you see the bottle on the shelf, wow, this, this Aperol bottle here looks cool right there as part of your sensory experience. Think about also how much money you pay for a bottle. If you pay $200 a bottle, I'm willing to bet you're going to say that tastes pretty good, even if it doesn't. So things like that, um, what you eat that day <coughs> and you know, did you brush your teeth that morning? Are you a smoker? Um, think all that plays a factor. That's why we have to set rules around, you know, don't brush your teeth before you come to work. Sounds weird, but don't do it. You know, do it after, um, you know, that first sensory round, um, you know, don't wear cologne, you know, we can't eat in the lab, things like that. You know, there's a whole set of rules that, that go around that. And then just think about your general mood of the day. I, I've done some sensory studies where it's very interesting because I will, I'll take the same blind triangle over several days and different times of the day, and I will give you different answers depending <laughs> on what's going on because your mood changes, right? Depending on the interactions you've had, the time of day, are you tired? Are you awake? Do you just have a Red Bull? Like it's <laughs> all those things play a factor. So what, what the challenge is being a manager, how do I get rid of all these biases and get a true result? That's the challenge for sure. I never thought mood would play such a, a big factor, but I can, I can easily see if, if I walked in and, and something wasn't happening good at home or whatever, I can, I could see picking out that, you know, we need to try this, Jake. We need to start a, drinking at a, work. I agree. Have, no, have a blind, <laughs> have a blind, triangle have, a blind work. have a, have a blind triangle before work. And then right after work, come See back and do it again. Them. Oh yeah. I'll do that at school. Yeah. It's in the desk. <laughs> hey, Hey kids, we're going to learn about math today. Check out leave, Bill Nye. He'll teach you. Leave <laughs> me alone. I just had my blind triangle. Mr. Nelson, it's 8.15. I had to start early. Leave me alone. I had to start early. It was in the <laughs> coffee. drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Now leave me alone. <laughs> so, so you might wonder, kind of next topic, you might wonder, like, how, how do we get to all these tasting notes? You know, is somebody just making this up? Well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's where but, you step in. <laughs> right. But what's happening is what, what we do, like, say, say we have a new product like Russell's 13 Year, the new Master's Keep that's coming out. What we'll do is set it out and we'll get as many people to taste it as we can. And we'll have a sheet that says top note, middle notes, bottom notes. What are you getting? Just make it up, fill in the blank. And then what we'll do is take the majority of what we get. And if we get commonalities, that's how we develop the tasting notes. Huh. So it's not on one person's shoulders. No, not at all. It's not on the majority vote. Yep. That's really cool. Vote. I've always wondered because when you, when you see on a bottle tasting notes or, or maybe not on a bottle, but on a website or whatever, 
how many people's mm-hmm. tasting notes is that? Is that just one guy's? Because if it's just one person, taste is subjective, you know? Right. Definitely, definitely. And and that's probably why you get 50, 100 people or yes. how many, as many as you, can. you get yeah. to do this. Every and visitor that comes in for the day. Yeah. <laughs> this is a mystery sample. Tell us what you think, and uh, we need your tasting notes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. want to be that guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, that that's, uh, that's – and I'm not saying that everybody does that. That's what Campari does. You know, I'm not sure – I'm sure there's other people that are there is just that one guy, you know, that that comes up with those notes. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting with the water too. There, there's a lot of bourbon purists out there that only drink neat and stuff like that. And I, I would recommend uh, definitely get off your horse on that one. Um, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong. Uh, first of all, if you're drinking bourbon, however the hell you want to drink it is the way that you should drink it. Um, but there is science to actually adding water and adding, adding ice. Um, you know, water and ethanol is actually an exothermic reaction, throwing in a little science here. So you're, you're going to get aromatic notes that you might not see if you drink something neat. There's also eddy currents that occur. So, uh, people can Google that one if they want. Are Um, they they named after Eddie Russell? (laughs) They should be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, there's eddy currents that occur, like how the water flows because water and, and ethanol is not really soluble, um, right away at least. So you get, you get flow of the liquid, you get that exothermic reaction there. There's things that happen and, and hell, some people just like it cold, right? So just throw a chunk of ice in there. Now, is there anything scientific about adding cola? Mm, no <laughs> <laughs> personal preference. I had to be that guy. I will say, you know, I used to have an employee that that uh, added uh, cola to every bourbon, every single bourbon, and he got so much shit for that all the time. But he was he he gave it right back, and he said, you know what? I add cola to every single bourbon that I drink, no matter what it is. So actually, I'm comparing apples to apples, and I can taste the difference in the bourbon because of that fact. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. That that is fair. Pappy Van Winkle enjoyed his bourbon, his own spirits, with a cube of ice and a slice of orange. There you go. I think consistency is the big deal, right? If you're yeah. consistent with every single bourbon, you pick up the differences, and that, that's the thing. When we test, so in general, like I talked about picking up off notes and the blind triangles that we do. So what, how we test in general, like we'll get a batch in, and we just do what's called a difference test. So we have a standard that's a known standard. And then we're comparing, we're tasting that against the new production. That's it. You don't have to be a sensory expert to know that you just have to know that, Hey, this is different, <laughs> you know, and it, it takes out some of that subjectivity, you know, like this does not taste like the standard. And then that's kind of what we're looking for. So what are some off flavors or off Good question taste yeah. that you're looking for? So I think it varies probably by distillery, you know, because that's going to depend on the variables in the process, the the grains that you're using, the the different barrels that you might be using. You know, for for us, for wild turkey, I can tell you, like we sometimes we'll get over must in our bourbon. We don't want that. Sometimes we'll get uh, an interesting like sour note, and that might maybe comes from maybe we fermented a little bit too long or something. Maybe we let the the fermenter set. So that's where the the masters of blending come into play, right? Um, that's why blended whiskey is not really a, a a bad thing per se. And there's master blenders. There's literally the title of master blender, and and that's what they're doing is that you can blend those different flavors out. 
but some of the defects I've seen are must. And and must is an is a normal note within bourbon, right? But it can be too much. And I, I think in general, if you're looking for a general answer, it's all the notes that are normally there, but this one's more than normal. Like this one's too musty. This one's too oaky. This one is too tannic, right? Things like that. This one's too sour, but this maybe those are no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe those notes are normally there. They're just, they're just too much. It's off. So you want to blend for consistency because that's another thing we're doing. I'm At Wild Turkey, at least, we're not trying to put out a, a very unique product on every bottle. We're trying to put out a consistent bottle. So that's where the blending and, and the testing comes into play to make sure that we're consistent. And we actually have a ranking process. So not only do we just taste the difference and say, yep, this is the same or this is different, we actually have a scale of one to five. And, um, you know, if it's five, that means that's above average. Fours are our average. That's what we're looking for, top-notch product. If it's below four, we're setting that booger up in a blind triangle, making sure that there's no off notes. If it's above that, that might become our new standard, right? Or, you know, it, if it's a if it's a, a four, that might become our new standard. So we don't just make a new standard uh, based on what we think. It, it's We try to add a little science to it. Fancy. That's interesting that the standard can kind of change. Though. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, that's something I have to worry about. I have to worry about standard drift, right, like over time. So if we keep making new standard, because eventually you're going to pour your standard and run out of it. So what do you do? Um, you're going to make a new standard is – is that standard slightly different? And then the next time I do it, is it slightly different? And then the next time I do it, it's, and then before you know it, you've got a completely different standard than what the consumer expects. So standard drift is something I definitely have to try to mitigate with statistics and numbers and, and averages and evaluations. So what you're saying is your job really is a numbers game. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Man, I could, I could do that. <laughs> I've got a degree in that. If it ever comes down to music, you just uh, you give me a call. I have a, <laughs> I have a degree in that. <laughs> there you if go. you ever want to musically, like sonically age some some barrels, you let me know. Fantastic. You know, one, one interesting thing, you know, just, just looking at notes here, one, one interesting thing, too, we're, we're trying to qualify now is, is how, how do we – because sensory is subjective at, at the end. Like how, what scientific method can we apply to where I can take the human element out of it? So far, none has been found in any in anywhere in the industry. But what we're trying to do is use uh, we can use gas chromatograph and mass spectroscopy. Um, and what we're trying to do is actually find out the basically the <clears throat> chemical footprint, the the fingerprint, the fingerprint of the bourbon. So far, it's it's not really worked out, which is kind of a testament to the human palate that we we are still more amazing than any scientific piece of equipment that is out there. Because I can tell you, there's a distillery not too far from here that is, uh, you know, fast aging their bourbon. And you can put that bourbon at the same age into a GC. It shows you a fingerprint. I can put wild turkey or buffalo trace or whatever into that. And it shows me the same fingerprint, but they don't taste even close to the same. So to me, that's amazing as a scientist that we haven't found that yet. That's crazy. Just to think that they're going that deep into something that people drink they're going you know into into bourbon and that's a lot of uh job security as well i mean you hear about people being replaced by robots and machines and and everyone's going to mechanization well 
get can't, into get into a distillery. Right. <laughs> you can't replace the human palate. That's really cool. And all I could think is Matthew pulls away bourbon scientist. <laughs> get him get him get the him lab, lab coat. coat. <laughs> Damn right. We're gonna have one hanging for you next time you come back. We'll have it awesome. hanging Just right inside the door. Dr. Matt with a with with a wild turkey. Some, some goggles. We'll have we'll have Jordan draw the wild turkey. It'll be one with googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's move on to the second phase here. Um, we'll get back into some bourbon. So now that our palates are acclimated or destroyed or what have you. Um, I've got kind of a unique uh, uh, vertical flight here of wild turkey. So I've collected some some distillate, um, some white dog, if you will. Um, I wouldn't recommend tasting that unless you want to finish your experience uh, now. <laughs> um, if you want to add some water to it, I would go about 50% on it. But I want you guys to tell me what you're getting off that. <laughs> yeah, right. So if anyone hears any background ooing and awing, we do have a we have, do have a guest in the studio. Pat Davidson is here. Um, he's a big wild turkey fan, and he's wanted to experience this with us. And he just gave us the ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> you hear in the background. I will be tasting this at the end. Same. Yeah, I, yeah. I will. Man, that is corn. That is straight corn. corn. That is straight whiskey. corn. Sweet, corn. sweet cornbread. Sweet corn. That's it. That's what Jimmy says. Because I want my bourbon to taste like cornbread. Cornbread. Mr. Mr. Sound Guy, you want to put a nose on this? No joke. Like, literally. It, it is literally like Jiffy, out of the box, sweet cornbread. Oh, man. I can't. You know how I am. I'll be here all day. <laughs> yep, just all day on the nose. Yeah. Even the sound guy was like, wow, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Corn. Oh, man. Is there rye, too? There is right. Yep. Just want to name the mash bill off real quick. No. No one knows no. the mash bill. Well, say we, he knows the mash bill. He be. ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I mean, I do get a little bit of the rye, but it's mostly just that. I'm, After I'm just the corn getting cornbread. Yeah. You go back for more. You pick up the a little bit of that, that rye on the nose. I think the spiciness is there. Yeah. If you smell past the corn. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I actually get a lot of vanilla. Right off the bat, and I don't know if that's coming from the rye or, or whatnot. Um, I think it's pretty good, though. It is, that is delicious. Amazing. It's, it's super sweet. Can't wait to try that at the end. Definitely. And you well, said this, that's came straight off the That still. came straight off still. Man. It'll kill you. <laughs> he's, he's getting all <laughs> giddy over there. And then what we have next is our, so this is age four years. We don't really release this, but we do pull samples every once in a while. Yeah, and that, just to be clear, like the, this distillate is our normal like wild turkey blend. We, we do have a different mash bill of a high, higher rye. Um, so that'll have that, uh, the sweet notes to be toned down quite a bit in it. And you'll get more of the floral notes from the rye. So two different mash bills, really. Some people say one mash bill because it's the same. There's no new ingredients or anything. It's just the ratio difference. So now it's interesting moving from the distillate into the wood, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a testament to the wood. It's fantastic what the what the wood does to bourbon. But oh, it's crazy. It's four years, so it's not it's not what you what you would no, be used to, right? It's still very green. It's it's I was gonna say it's a very young wild turkey. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. um what's the age range you usually bottle at? Uh, six to eight. Six to eight. So this is still two years out, and 
it it smells good, but it is mm-hmm. young for it's what not I ready. what I expect wild turkey to be. But you start to get some of those caramel notes, the vanilla notes that come from the wood. Um, you get uh, less of the. You get some nutty notes. I think that start to come through. Yeah, I was gonna say I get some peanut. Char. It's, it's really cool going back and forth from the mm-hmm. distillate to the. It's amazing, and really then flavors out. But those couldn't be two different things. I mean, they're completely different. Yeah, and and through all of this, I still get that that corn. I don't get it just in the in the face, like punching me in the face. But I still get that yep. that corn. Be careful yeah. as you taste this too. This is uh, uncut, <laughs> so it'll get you. You gotta acclimate that tongue a little bit. That's another thing to note as we taste in the lab. So what are we doing? We are diluting with water. We don't taste it foolproof. I do sometimes because I I think I get different notes. Like if I develop, if I sense something off, I'll go back and taste it full strength. Um, but it's not recommended as like a new technician or whatnot that you do that. I think that comes with time and experience. Ooh. But you'll notice it when you hit it with some water. You'll you'll get a lot of different notes coming off of it. And again, be consistent, right? That's we have specific dilutions. Like we're busting out the graduated cylinder. We're adding and you know X amount of water to X amount of bourbon. So we don't have the, the six-year here, but uh, when you get to six-year, it's going to be more balanced. Yeah, you can imagine that. It's, it starts to develop. You're going to get some sweet vanilla, more caramel notes. You're going to start getting the fruit notes with the, the esters are going to start coming through. You don't really get any esters. I, I think it's very fuselu oil on the four-year yet, mm-hmm. and you're like green apple and oily. And that just tells you it's not ready yet. But that's something we're tasting. You know, Every year we're pulling samples randomly from the warehouses, I was actually about to give a, a little bit of an observation. I mean, the oils on the on the glass are just ever present on this. Also known as the legs. Oh. She's got legs. <laughs> Van Halen once said, "Drop dead legs." I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, you remember Stacy Keebler. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> legs. Man, that, I just can't. I just can't stay away from it. Are you back on the white dog? That, that white dog's that good. Nose then, is just. I think killer. it's it's really unique for wild turkey. I mean, we should probably consider selling that mm-hmm. as like a mixer and some home hooch and whatnot. Gosh, it's just the nose on that white dog is. Oh, I'm drinking it. That's that's not gonna be there. Oh, no, a little juice in there. Yeah. A little white dog and Here juice. A, <laughs> a little white dog and juice. <laughs> so are we moving to eight, boys? Let's go to eight. See what you think. Eight sweet spot for wild turkey. That's the wild turkey, you know. Oh yes, sir. You get oh, that yeah. that unique baking spice baking like spice. clove that makes wild turkey unique. Man, now it's completely changed. Completely changed. Dan's doing a good job just, over just here. Even, even looking at these, yep. the color is just, it's just day and night. Yep. I mean, it's. So much lighter. The four years so much lighter. This is so much more of an amber, amber color. It's beautiful. So, so much cleaner oh, on the palate too. Like when you taste that four year, it's a little rough. It bites you a little bit. Um, that eight year is just woo. It's what it should be. It, it comes from the the char um, over time, and it's just that. 
that movement in and out of the wood over those those few years. Do you all rotate? You rotate no, your. Nope. We do not rotate. Uh-uh. Wild turkey used to way back in the day. You might have said that on the yeah. last if episode. You, but... If you remember when we were at Makers, they made it a big point to say that they were the only distillery yeah. in North America in. that rotates. They take top to bottom and then but yeah, we're they, not here to talk about Makers. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to yes. rotate barrels. It's about, in general, I, I you know, it's about three times the cost uh, per barrel if you rotate mm-hmm. your barrels. I can't wait to try that white dog. Dude, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. This you, I mean, you know what we have to come, but now he's he's more excited about the white dog. Good I job, know. Matt. <laughs> you, you ruined him. I'm a cornbread guy. Leave me alone. So so for the eight year, you're going to get the oak. I think the, the big difference, the, the oak vanilla, the, but the spice. You get that baking spice that makes wild turkey unique. Everybody oh. knows that taste, too. Oh, if yeah. you know wild turkey, it's on the mid palate. And it's like a baking spice, clovey, cinnamon note. We're talking about makers. That is unique. (laughs) Do uh, dilute it or? Yeah, sure. See see what happens. You're basically drinking Rare Breed right now. Live science. This is. That's Rare Breed. Okay. That's what I thought. I don't know that I want to dilute it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It's really good on its own. It is. Random question. Do you know the proof on this? I don't. It's high. <laughs> Too much for Jordan. That's so. Does the proof on rare breed ever change? Uh, no, we we try to blend it as consistently as possible. So it's always one sixteen point. And we're we're fortunate enough. We have twenty four rick houses full of barrels and and enough space to be able to do that. Right. To, to make that happen, because then we'd have to change our labels, and that's a real pain in the ass. So. Is there a <laughs> possibility of a higher proof coming out? Ooh, um, not I'll so, see now that mellowed it out. Not until now. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you get me with a little bit of water in this? I don't. I don't want to, but I <laughs> Pat, no. Pat said no. Don't. I know. Just for science, it's science purposes. It's really good. It's really good on its own. No. You say a bottle of this? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, he'd probably take that, too. Pint glass of it. Flask. Oh, there it is. I mean. Smooths it out. All the, It changes. It, it does change. It was amazing before. It's still amazing, but. Eddie Kearns. <laughs> look it up. I, I will I will make it a point to, to look it up. Man, that's delicious. We are just all enjoying this. Oh, it's so good. How could you not? Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing, though? It's, it's no different than that four-year you just had, that white dog. Same stuff. Yeah. It's just more time. Just more four time. more years more with time. the barrel. More time and some good friends to drink it with. That's the main thing. Man, bourbon always tastes better whenever you're around some good friends. That's right. Mm. I think, I think those the... fruit notes start to come through, like the deep... Uh, Berry notes as well. You get the, those esters and and whatnot, and the the aldehydes are gone, which are the green apple and yep. things like mm-hmm. that. The fusel oils are pretty well gone. You don't get any of that that aftertaste as well. The phenols and whatnot. 
Everyone's everyone's grazing on the uh, the sensory plate here. <laughs> hey man, bourbon and dark chocolate go together. They do. That's why I put it there. Yeah. <laughs> Pat's like another please. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Oh, he reached for it. Are we ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Is your body ready? I was born ready. We may be one of the... Well, I don't want to say that. We are some of the first in Western Kentucky to try Russell's Reserve 13-year. And Southern Indiana. Yeah, I was, was going to say, say Southern of, Indiana. It's we're not here yet. We're some of the first yet. of honky. <laughs> That's cracking me up, too. I listened to that Allen episode. If you haven't listened to that, please do. That's a fantastic episode. Being a fellow honky myself. His uh, his discussion of uh, who's your self hatred had me uh, rolling. <laughs> it's a true thing. Dude's hilarious. Right too. Oh, son! Thank you. Hey, have, don't have cheat! You, don't have cheat. you put your nose on this? Yet? We haven't got the to, we haven't got the go sign yet. <sighs> don't cheat! It's in my glass. The go sign was already I'm given. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say much on this one. Um. I'm going to let you guys. <laughs> Man, that was fast. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys talk about it because I'm I'm a huge fan already, I, and I've had my fair share. Um, so I guess this will be our what's in your glass? Yeah, this it's a kind hey, of a damn. collaborative. What's in your glass? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> Man. Aaron, what are you Just, doing with that white dog? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with the white dog? No, no, no. Wait, wait. Yeah, it's. Still, it's it's just beautiful color. Beautiful color. Beautiful. Almost amber to me, lager. almost almost turning like red. Almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I was thinking a good real, amber lager. It's really, really amber. A lot of oak. Oh, yeah. I can see cherry. Lots yeah, of cherry. Lots of cherry. Off the nose. You get that high proof too. Mm-hmm. That little sting, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't blow you away, though. No, no, definitely not. Just singes the nose hairs a little, letting you know it's there. Put your put your little sound guy nose on that. And so let it send you to heaven. What is proof of the thirteen? So the thirteen is a one fourteen point eight. Very that, specific. The cherry coming like it comes in strong. The baking spices on the back end. Mm-hmm. This is like all of the holidays in a glass. Yeah, I was I was thinking <laughs> all your like, good memories. Yeah, a little vanilla in there. You know, this reminds me of that time that firecracker blew up in my hand. <laughs> reminds me of the time I shot a bottle rocket at my buddy's nipple. So, <laughs> what are, dude, bottle rocket wars. When you were country kids in the middle of July, yeah, that's what you do. What does that have to do with Russell's Reserve Thirteen Year? He said all the good memories. Okay, yeah. honky. True. Gosh, I just can't. my nose. Did here, you just, just say like dang a, honkies? <laughs> The, Thank the, you. The nose <laughs> on this is phenomenal. I haven't had a chance to uh, make and it just past think. the nose. Whenever like, we were doing that, we were 20 miles away from yeah. the nearest hospital. You know, the funny thing is, I've never said this about a bourbon, but this thing, it it stands up and it's assertive. I am Russell's Reserve 13. Hear me roar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as soon as you know it. Thinking Katy Perry. You're gonna hear me roar. <laughs> this is not karaoke session, but golly, if you haven't you put drink it in your mouth, it'll turn it. into one. <laughs> Man, the oak is there. Oh yeah, 
The oak is all over it. You get the oak from the the ten year plus. Yeah, plus. Mm. Literally, the, nah, I just had oh, the first yeah. sip. The first Man. sip takes me into a into a rickhouse. Yep, mm-hmm. like right into like the middle first floor of a rickhouse. There's vanilla, some. There's there's something sweet. It's not toffee. No. It's not butterscotch. It's caramel. Is it caramel? Tastes like caramel. Oh, there's a hole in this thing. No wonder it was leaking everywhere. What is it? It's caramel. Oh, well, there you go. I, I mean, I could see it. There's a musty, like, I, I a do mustiness get, from, like, to, like I was almost say, I a get tobacco, tobacco barn. I get mm-hmm. tobacco barn. Yeah. Because you get that in the rare breed, right? Yeah. So this is just intensified. It's almost like oh, every man. wild turkey product combined into one. You get the rare breed notes, you get that baking spice, you get the wood from the Russell's tan. It's just like, it's everything that's good about every wild turkey. You know, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I think this is the best product that wild turkeys put out. A hundred percent. Period. This is that Russell's wild turkey 101 rare breed. Right. <laughs> Pat, Pat looks like he's deliberating over there. What's the what's the verdict, sir? And actually, if you've had the 17 Bob and Bond, the nose reminds me a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it coats the mouth better than than the the dryness. That's what sure. she said. Yeah. <sighs> uh, that's that's the first one tonight. I was playing the uh, Austin Powers theme song on the way to get the SD card earlier. There was a. <laughs> It was a it was a fun ride. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is like the Austin Powers of Wild Turkey, is it not? It's got everything you want in it. <laughs> That's right. This is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, wild turkey product. Yeah, I've, you know, I I've been I've been drinking wild turkey now for almost exclusively, really, for the last six months since I've been working there. You mean you haven't and had I... Blantons? Fantastic. I had Horsey to. Bible. I had to. <laughs> I actually happened in the last six months. Well, good for you. I can't find it. Um. <laughs> Yo, I know a guy. <laughs> I might too. But I but I really think like all of their different expressions and the different blends that I, even I can just kind of do in the lab and whatnot. I mean, I, I definitely think the wild turkey mash bill peaks at about 13 years. Um, I think the 17s are good, but they're they're a little tannic, a, l- a little bit too much oak. I think, uh, like what Pat said, the sweetness comes through on this. Oh and, yeah, and, and but it's more oak, more proof than the 10 year, so it's it's a perfect balance. Go with the dark chocolate. I bet. And it's weird. I still had that dark chocolate lingering whenever I took that first. I'm like, hey, it's the cherry notes with that chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say I have dried cherries there too. If you want to. Try those. Matt, would you like a chocolate? Yeah, thank you. So. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh, yes. Mm. Someone grab some chocolate for the sound guy. Please. So that is something else for the, for our oh, listeners who, are, who haven't been doing, like, flights or haven't been pairing things with bourbon. Chocolate, walnuts, some coconut, just something... Sweet, some sour, 
some dried cherries, some dried cranberries. Gummy worms, you know. <laughs> yeah, not candy. <laughs> but oh. just to give your 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 palate something to go off of. And so sometimes when you when you pair a bourbon with something sweet like chocolate, um, so it's going to bring thing? out some of the the cherry notes, the fruity notes. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to to try that. Also, don't be afraid to sit down with, go tell your wife or your daughter or your whatever, maybe not your daughter if she's too young, <laughs> train her first, but go pour four bottles out of my cabinet. I want to sit down and I want to blind taste them and, and not, not even trying to pick out which bourbon you're trying to drink. Just pick out the flavor notes because a lot of times if I go to the cabinet and I grab a bottle and I'm not really 100% a fan of it, my sense is, just like Matt was saying, my psychology is, hey, I'm not really a fan of it. That is exactly why when we did the the 10 that everybody gives me all the all the crap for, yep. that in my mind, I always said, and I'm not saying it, but that bottle was always overpriced. That bottle was always, you know, and that in my psychology, overhyped, overrated, over whatever. When I sit down with it and it's blonde and it makes it into my top five, you know, oh, that bottle. That yeah. bottle. Yeah. Ah. I mean, we're not saying it, but. <laughs> saying what? That bottle. <laughs> so, anyway, did, did, I say all that to say. Did someone just like sneeze, say Blanton's? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I'll counterbalance that. Elijah Craig. There you <laughs> thanks, go. Thanks. There, there we go. But anyway, what I, I say all that to say a blonde, don't be afraid to drink blonde. Um, and it's going to pull flavors out and you. And I, and I, that's why Heather said when, when I got done, she said, see, I told you you like Blanton's more than you thought you did. You don't have to hit the button. But, um, and, and she was right. Like, yeah, it, it, it ended up in my, in my top five for yeah. that reason, but, but because the psychology was yeah. taken out of yeah. it. Because at that point it was just pure flavor. It, it was all on the table. They were just glasses with bourbon in them. You didn't know what they came from. Right. And so. and so many times, like people will, I don't want to say, look down on, but like a cheaper bottle, like JW Dan or JTS Brown or some of those others, they they don't have a they don't even have a cork in it. They're they twist off. tops, but Evan Williams bottle of bond. You put them blind with some of the others, they stick up there with. So I say all that to say, don't be afraid to to sit down and try. Yeah, and let a, your senses take over. It's a good exercise you should really do. Like. Uh, And start taking notes. Like, and what's interesting is you'll find out different mash bills are dominant within the industry. So, like when I taste Woodford, I know I know it's a Brown Foreman mash bill because I get banana. Yeah, right off right Mm -hmm. off the bat. Like Old Forester, same mash bill, right? Uh, Beam products, peanuts, peanuts for sure. And then Wild Turkey, it's that that mid palate clove and cinnamon that you get. Man, I've had a great. Tom, I don't know about you all. I I couldn't be happier right now. Great. I was going to say magnificent. Magnificent. <laughs> Good uh, word. Do you have anything else you want to close us out with, Matt? Uh, no. You know, just, just kind of some of the stuff we've been working on, you know, at the distillery. So, um, and, you know, as we know, this Russell's 13 just released um, 
in Indiana, soon to be released in other states. Uh, Aperol Spritz, back to Aperol. So let's do the Aperol Spritz RTD, ready-to-drink cocktail. So it's already uh, in Europe, but it is now, it is literally just reached uh, our shores. I have one case of it. Literally, as of today, I need to evaluate it on uh, on Monday. But it's going to be released to three different states in the United States uh, for the next year. And we're going to see how it uh, takes off. Uh, if it's popular, it will uh, be released across the whole United States, and it's going to beat the shit out of some White Claw. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank I, God I have Truly. Aperol <laughs> Spritz call-out's coming soon. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't say our state. He said three states. There's 50 of them. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, th- I believe it's New York and Florida and California. Right Shocking, now. biggins, biggins. We can drive to the distillery with the, yeah. with, the <laughs> with the fancy frou frou drink. Yeah, yeah. Road trip to Florida. Exactly. As as releases. Exactly. Dustin, man, that's only nine hours from here, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's we could go the there way I back. drive. It's only nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we've also got the uh, the the Master's Keep that's coming out. It's the toasted oak uh, version. Ooh. So you'll be seeing that this year, and we're uh, I'm already starting to work on uh, next year's now. So I can't uh, release any details on that, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Do you always. need another drink. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got the uh, the Wild Turkey 101 redesign. So we're uh, so we're setting, looking at a bottle uh, right now. It's a sexy bottle uh, for sure. Ooh, Pat uh, the hand Pat is Pat is Vanna Whiting that bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely a more high end approach. Um, you know, broad shoulders, a big glass heel, and the embossed turkey, and the smaller label. You know, we uh, I, I think our inspiration were uh, were the simplicity of Scotch bottles. And things like that, and, and some of the older bourbon bottles as well. Tornado chug, Aaron. Go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then we've got the, uh, you know, nobody cares about it on this podcast, but we've got the uh, Sky Vodka uh, relaunch as Ooh. well. So if you're into vodka, um, it I had is some weird actually. Nights in Sky Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> It is actually uh, an interesting vodka, so it's got it's enriched uh, what we call enriched with Pacific minerals because Sky's originally from uh, San Francisco. So what we did, we we took some of the the same minerals of the seawater that's there, and we broke it down and added it to the vodka. Hmm. So it actually changes the mouthfeel of it a little bit. Uh, kind of interesting. Well, Matt, we really do appreciate more than you'll ever know um, your time taking us through this sensory exercise um and for those of you who don't know matt's really big on our facebook page so if you haven't joined our facebook page you can find us on facebook at the broken court crew um jacob where else can they find us uh you can find us on instagram as the broken cork podcast uh you can find us on twitter on the underscore broken underscore cork because that one guy is a jerk (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna keep saying this until i finally get a message be like hey it's been revoked i'm like cool thanks and uh, I'd like to invite everyone to find us on our website, thebrokencork.net. Um, as Aaron said, join us on Facebook and also join us on Patreon if you're uh, a liker of all of our content um, so we can have Matt back, have some other people in, and so we can take some really cool trips to some distilleries and give you all some great content. While also upgrading equipment and trying to get more things to review. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Dan, our next trip happens in July, correct? Uh, yes, our next trip happens in July. We will be at Rabbit Hole Distillery on the 2nd. 
Awesome. Um, if anyone is in the Louisville area and might want to hang out maybe the night before, we might be going up the night before. Um, we'd be happy to meet people. Um, we could go to a bourbon bar, hit a restaurant, do whatever. We take could a just, tour, you know. Yeah, take a tour. We'd be happy to tour with anyone. I haven't been to I haven't been to Nulu's tour yet. I hear it's unique. I, I it's different. I hear it's different. Yeah. If you like Prohibition, like the history behind Prohibition, I think that's the tour for you. Sounds like the tour for me. But Pat, you have anything to add, buddy? I just want to say thanks for having me. Thanks for Matt for coming, including me. So, yeah, guys, check out the Broken Fork. They're good guys. And uh, enjoy good bourbon out there. For sure. And thank you for, you know, taking time out of your day to come down. And right after work, too, he just got off work to come join us. Um, and, and, (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, I would like to thank Campari for allowing Matt to come and spend some time with us and share some products and some information with us. Some of that, you know, that scientific knowledge. And you, you said it was an experience. I would say more like this was a master class yeah. in sensory and how to enjoy your spirits, be it Aperol, tequila, scotch, even beers. I mean, you can you can take this knowledge and, you know, it can go anywhere. So uh, with that, guys, I'm Dan. I'm Aaron. I'm Jake. And I'm Matthew. Reminding you to keep your bars stocked, your glasses full, and your minds on the pulse of America's national spirit. <laughs>